Spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame. We're going to spoil it in this podcast. Don't listen to this podcast if you don't want it spoiled. And when you leave the theater, don't talk till you get to your car, because spoilers. The following contains plot spoilers, and the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. Every journey has its end. That's how stories go. This is Totally Super. Hi, welcome to Totally Super, where we review every superhero movie ever made. My name is Justin. And my name is Arthur. And this is going to be a short show, guys, because yeah. um, Arthur uh, got up this morning very early for you. Arthur did many things for he doesn't you, like to do. For you, our people. Did, Arthur, let me ask you a series of yes or no questions. Do you like to get up yes. super early in the morning? No, I'm an actor. All right. Second, wouldn't you prefer to go watch movies like with people, like your wife? Uh, yeah, with my wife. Well, my wife is always a definite yes. It's not my ideal thing. I would love a day or at least, you know, an hour to process. But hey, <laughs> this is the window we have. So. so let me ask you, for whom would you do all of those things that are not your favorite things to do? Who matters so much to you that you would do that for them? Our loyal listeners who we trust are there? Yes. Yes, guys, it's for you. And and for new listeners coming on, uh, welcome to Totally Super. I know that there are new people on right now who are looking for somewhere, anywhere to process what they've just seen. And if you're anything like me, the first thing I did after the movie was done is I started looking up like spoiler-filled reviews of the mm. movie because I felt like I needed to process. I felt you like I needed to- know what other people think. Yeah, I want to know what they think, but not just that I know what, want to know what they think, but I kind of need like a th- like a group therapy session a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps to, it's the first thing I do with podcasts. And I know that there are those of you who are listening who are doing that specifically because you're looking for anyone to give you just a little, like, like sitting in a group, you can't do it yet and sit in a group and go, oh, here's what I think. Here's how I feel. Let us be that for you. Uh, welcome to mm-hmm. Totally Super. When you're done with this episode, please go back and listen to our previous episodes. And if you're looking for a real, true Avengers Endgame review, you're going to get it uh, later this week. You're going to get it on Monday. Oh, we're like, gonna we'll we'll go deep dive. Yeah, we'll do we'll do it just like we do all of our other things. But I, in exactly 35 minutes, am going to be turning off my computer and going to go see it a second time. Now, let's do what we normally do, and we'll ask you really quick, uh, what was the theater like? Uh, on what kind of screen did you see it, and what was the crowd like for you? I saw it on a regular screen, um, and, uh, oh, by the way, spoiler alert. I mean, obviously, but yeah, yeah no, we can't. spoiler we, alert. We can't. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. if if you don't get the joke... By the end of this week, I'm sure nothing bad will happen to any other Starks. Um, then <laughs> then yeah. you, maybe you're on the wrong show. All right, go on. Yes, um, tell me about your So theory. yeah, no, I saw it uh, 9.30 in the morning. And I will say the uh, the theater that I normally go to, uh, 9.30 morning shows, including for every Star Wars, including for Avengers Infinity War, was a relatively uh, empty theater. This one was packed. So that is going what you were saying is that, yeah, no, endgame sales are just... Uh, it's un- ungodly. Um, the The audience was pretty good. I was surrounded by a couple kids that I was a little worried about at first, but uh, no, the it was great. The audience, they were still mostly with it. I mean, some of the big reveal moments, and certainly towards the end, there were uh, applauses here and there. Um, <laughs> interestingly, Spider-Man definitely got the biggest applause. Uh, but yeah, it was... I am always worried about going to see movies with other people, 
not because I'm a misanthrope. It's not that I don't enjoy other people. It's that I'm just very particular about the ways that I like to enjoy my stories. It's kind of precious to me. Uh, but I was I was pleasantly relieved. It was it was a great crowd, and uh, the only thing was that as soon as we were all leaving, uh, everyone is just talking about it and all the different things and everything. And I'm like, guys, you do realize that literally anyone else who was in this theater at one o'clock in the afternoon is going to see the exact same thing that you're just walking out of. Keep <laughs> hold on to it till the car. Yeah, um, I had a um, an interesting experience in that Mrs. J was not able to to go with us last night and so it was just me and my older son and my older mm-hmm. son um was very upset by the film and came home and we're like i said we're scheduled to see it today and at first was refusing to go back to see it and even now mm-hmm. um has said that uh he's willing to watch it through tony's snap and then mm-hmm. we're gonna head out so right when tony's snap is about to happen he and i are going to go um to like the little hallway um, like mm-hmm. as you walk into the theater, we're going to watch the snap and what happens to Thanos afterward because it's immensely satisfying to see that mm-hmm. happen. And then we are going to walk out and play video games um, because he I just think can't. That's great. That's oh, that's good bothering there. He can't do it again, but he wants to see. Yeah. You know, now maybe he'll change his mind, and I'll I'll give him mm-hmm. the opportunity to do that in a way that also hopefully isn't disruptive. I don't want to wait until the snap, and then we're there. We are shuffling out, so I'm going to do it in the middle, like in the middle of the action, at the end of the action. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to go out and everyone else still- <laughs> and everyone else is going to be like, oh my gosh, what is it? That poor father whose kid has to go to the bathroom or something like that. And yeah, and they're not going to, no, nobody's going to have I'm, an idea yeah. that we're leaving for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I saw it at, in a regular theater. I saw it last night at 630 show. Um, I was wanted to see the IMAX show last night. I really would have liked to, but I got online an hour after the tickets went on sale and the IMAX show was sold out. So today yeah, is where, going to be our IMAX viewing of it. Were you? Uh, do you still go to the Rio, or are you too far away from there now? No, I don't. It's interesting. If you live in the Washington D.C. area, especially the Maryland side of the Washington D.C. area, um, the there's a place called the Rio. The Rio has been revamped, Arthur, in a way that uh, oh. it's almost like an Alamo draft house now. You go to the concession stand, you order lunch, and then you go sit down. And there's a you're in a reclining like leather chair, mm-hmm. and there's a tray that you pull in front of you, and they sort of very quietly come in and drop your tray off to you, that's, and you eat your lunch. Yep, that's my theater. Yeah, the, so uh, or like that—the one that I've got. I had I had cheese fries brought to me while watching this film. It's an well, I can't do that because I'm on the lovely keto diet. Hey, ladies oh, and gentlemen, right. I I will say, uh, spoiler alert: sugar-free York peppermint patties or whatever the Russell Stover version of them is, a good mm-hmm. fill-in for Junior Mints. I was so oh. scared that I wasn't going to be able to watch the movie with with Junior Mints, and they worked pretty well. So there you go. None of you care about this. Let's talk about the things you care about. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Avengers Endgame. Let me ask. Eventually, the big uh, originally, for you. so just where it is right now. Internationally, it's made three hundred million dollars, and its opening weekend here is one hundred thirty million dollars. The budget for the film they've said is about four hundred fifty million dollars, maybe a little bit more. It needs to make twice that in order to make its money back. It's clearly going to make all the money. But in in twenty four hours, it's recouped production costs already. Yes, 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 it has. Yeah. So, um, so that's worth noting. The Crowd I saw was enthusiastic. You could hear a pin drop, but it was the that kind of tense. You could hear a pin drop mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Every you could you could hear sobs. You could hear sniffs. Um, mm-hmm. We're just today doing sort of our first reactions to the film. I'm going to ask you first. What is what is your overall feeling of the film? Did you like it? 
Was it good? I loved it. Um, I absolutely loved it. It's. It was. I cannot. I cannot imagine a more satisfying end to this epic saga. Um, like I felt like they there were some surprises still thrown in. Uh, you know, so it wasn't uber predictable. The you know the the character deaths that did happen. I you know I felt worked were earned. Um, you know, the endings to the stories all seem to work very well. Like I'll have to, I, I'm sure I'll have a couple things to nitpick in a few days, but for the most part, no, I just, I, I really liked it. Yeah. I, my, you know, it's interesting when you were in school, you used to take pre-tests and post-tests and your pre-test was the test you would take before you learned the material. And that's what I'm going to do. My mm-hmm. pre-test is that this is, this will get five out of five, whatever we call it, five yeah. out of five exemplary on yours. Mm-hmm. This is uh, yeah. possibly the best movie of a superhero movie ever made. I don't know if it's the best superhero movie ever made. Um, yeah. It's the best movie. It's up there with well, like certainly, the dark. Knight. It's certainly not a film that stands on its own. Like all of the big emotional impact moments in this film really hinge on stuff that is hap- on you knowing stuff that's happened in the previous films. Well, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. So I today I'm going to be taking my younger son to go see it because it is less violent and less nightmare inducing than um than infinity war was and it is uh for he is not as sort of empathic as my older son Mm -hmm. and i think the 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 sadness of it will wash over him a little bit but i'm not mostly scared of that i'm mostly scared that it is it's slow um in the first hour or so it is a slower film it is a they and that was that was a bold choice and i'm so glad they made it because it's um you feel like like every character they give time to, which was one of our big problems with Infinity War, was that we were just like, oh, you just had they had to cram so much plot in that it was just like, oh, Cap never really got much character. Like there was, you saw nobody's arc really in Infinity War, or not a ton with this well, one. And that's they why actually, I that's why I'm saying that it's the best movie, it's the best film mm-hmm. of all of the superhero movies I've maybe ever seen. But as a mm-hmm. superhero movie, if you're for what you go to see a superhero movie for, this is delivering something different. And yes. um, if you're now down a- for that something different, then great. But I would totally understand somebody who saw this movie. I read a review of somebody who said that they didn't like the movie because it was dour and it was because it was dour and it was uh, sad and the overwhelming feeling you got coming out of it was this catharsis and this loss and that while that's mm-hmm. all well and good there are a number of movies to give you that and shouldn't the capstone to the Marvel universe be representative of that universe and not this note of of melancholy and this note of sadness and loss at the end if the capstone of the Marvel universe should reflect the universe that came before it this certainly is not I'm going to say tonally I I, I, I see exactly consistent. what that reviewer is saying um and I'm going to respectfully disagree with the core premise of that um if they wanted you know cuz what you're describing right now without saying it in so many words when we picture superhero film is and and even in our current like collective mindset we picture superhero film and we're like ha explosions pew pew ooh great moments of heroism a couple you know a couple witty retorts uh thrown in good wins yay ah what a lark that was and there is 
no, I should point out there is absolutely nothing wrong with that kind of film. I mean, shoot, we just went and saw, we, we just reviewed Shazam and loved it. Um, the, but to say that is all that a superhero film is, is to diminish the genre. What this, I, and this is, you know, just my own personal manifesto, uh, what this film is doing by having dour moments, by being bittersweet, uh, is it is saying this genre is more than this genre is more than it has been. Um, it can it it can be so much more. And for me personally, and those of you who have been listening to us for a while, you you know, I drop the word mythic at least once a, an episode. Uh, for me personally, I love that fact because to me, superheroes are our myths. And you want to talk about catharsis, um, you know, the old Greek myths, that the term catharsis comes from the Greek theater. You had literal gods and heroes. And trust me, things did not go super happy in those. Um, I feel a certain amount of bittersweet and a little bit of tragedy and loss is essential to make, to lift a story up from being something that's just entertaining and fun. And again, nothing wrong with entertaining and fun, but to really put it in a place in a cultural mindset to reflect our society and reflect our lives and to be stories that can inspire us. You need movies like what Endgame was. I agree with you. I am on your side in this argument, but I'm going to argue the other side because I got where this guy was for coming the sake from. of it. Yeah, um, I got where this guy was coming from. And there may be other people feeling the same. The problem is, and I forget which movie it was, and I think it was this show. I don't think it was uh, Track Off. I think you and I were discussing discussing a film at one point, and we talked about going in and expecting an In-N-Out cheeseburger and instead getting filet mignon. This was, we were talking Last Jedi. Yeah. Last Jedi. Okay, very good. So here we are again, where people want, when they go to see a Marvel movie specifically, they want the the cheeseburger is what they is is what they want um that is what they've been given every single time with the exception notably of the films directed by the russo brothers which have included captain america the winter soldier captain america civil war avengers mm -hmm. infinity war and avengers get endgame which are arguably the four films that end on sort of the I don't want to say the sourest note, but the most of a down note with the exception mm -hmm. of those films, all of the other Marvel films have had a, a sense of a more of a sense of whimsy. And at the end, sort of a sense of ba -ba -bum at the end. And those mm -hmm. four films uh, directed by the Russo brothers for like decided to forego that as a thing. Um, I think back to the end of the first Avengers and, and the, the sort of, you know, they'll be out there and the, the sort of heroic hands on your hip Superman-ish kind of moment of of the first Avengers and everybody talking about how what sets aside Marvel from DC is the sense of whimsy and the sense of fun. And I can totally see somebody going, you know, if they wanted to watch other Marvel films in succession, somebody getting whiplash and going, hold on, hold on. This is a tragedy? We're ending it on the story of Tony Stark is a is a tragedy that we're supposed to leave the we're supposed to leave all of the 22 Marvel films that have come if you're watching it as one giant epic we're supposed to leave it with a sense of profound loss and with tears in our eyes cuz that's not what we've been getting at all that's not the if this film in its own way should be the most emblematic 
of the last uh, of of the Marvel films that have come before. And somebody could argue that while Infinity War was emblematic of that, it was only emblematic of that until the last five minutes, where in the last five minutes of Infinity War, everybody left that that movie as well, kind of like whoa, like with their hearts See, in their to stomach. To me, in in Infi- Infinity War actually had more of a sense of darkness to it throughout the film than Endgame did. I'm not saying me. darkness as much as I'm saying melancholy. Infinity War had that sort of grand chaos. You know, I'm here. They're here to steal a necklace from a wizard. That even that is gone in this. Um, well, here let me. Well, then I okay again. Since, since we're just debating the, since both of us are sort of, uh, I'm debating. You know, I'm debating a side yeah. I don't agree with. I'm debating. I let me ask fair. this thing about. Yeah. Then about the the definition of the superhero film and everything. Superhero movies wouldn't. Can we agree? Superhero movies would not have existed without superhero comics. Um, Correct. Like now, let me ask you, X Men. That is your that is your thing. If you had to choose a saga that is. The if you had to choose like one epic storyline of X Men that you would have to say is the one that everyone was just like, oh yeah, that epic. What arc would you choose? Well, of course, the Dark Phoenix arc. Although I don't think it's the best one, but yes, I and Phoenix I agree arc. with you. But here's the thing: Dark Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix arc, it culminates in the death of Jean Grey. Um, the concept that superhero stories, even in the comics are just moments of everyone hands on their hips gazing into the sunset at the end. That's how they started. But even the comics haven't been that way for 40 years. I I agree with you. Let me be clear. I agree with you. This film elevates the genre. This film is a great film, and I don't agree with the reviewer who said this. But mm-hmm. I do get it that you know my seven-year-old, for instance, is so looking forward to the end of phase three. Oh my gosh, it's the last Avengers movie with the originals. Yay! And what he's gonna get and what I got, if that's what I was looking forward to, you know, I look, I think about my older son who was with me, who's so excited when the movie started. And he was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is where we get out of the 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 snafu where we were. Our hearts were broken last time, but we knew we were gonna make it out. And then the fact mm-hmm. that it came with such cost that the film ended up feeling more like Lord of the Rings than it yeah. did than it did any of the Marvel films or like the last Harry Potter I, film. Yeah, which of course I adored, but I can yeah, I can I, I see what you're saying about that, and especially when it comes to kids. Um my only thought with that then uh is yeah, I think you're like Tony, you know, Tony Stark dying, even in just a perfectly heroic fashion. Um, I can see why that would seriously hamper like your son's enjoyment of the film in the short term. The question is, had they made it just a yay, everybody's fine, hooray moment, um, would this film, Steve, you know, will this film, will this story still be with him in five years, in 10 years? That's a valid question. Yeah. I mean, I I completely agree with you that right now, (laughs) you know, right now, as a you know, as an eleven year old kid, he has a little bit of a right to be furious. Um, and uh, well, I'll take it a step further. What he said is, he said it wasn't just the death, but the fact that after the death of Tony Stark, we lingered around Tony Stark's dying moment while people are crying all around him, and then we went to the funeral for Tony Stark, where we saw everybody mourning him, and then we saw his daughter hanging around with Happy. And then we saw mm-hmm. then, then we saw like just everybody's kind of bummed out. 
And then, yes, we got the happy Captain America moment, which is wonderful and, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. But he he said, you know, the last 20 minutes of the movie just seemed to be, let's hit you over the head with stuff to make you cry. And mm. that was, you know, we've talked a lot about the term primary value. That was not the primary value of an Avengers movie. You could have poignant moments and you could have things that were that were good, but the primary value was fun. And there, while there was fun to be had, there was not a whole lot of it to be had in the film. Ooh, the I fil- think you've you've just hit on something there. Is you know talking about primary values um, is the if you ask the question, what are superhero stories for? Um, there is absolutely an argument to be made for oh, superhero stories are for fun. That's that's what they're there for. They don't have to be just um, for fun, but they yeah. Well, should but, be but, fun. but but here's the thing. But the well, yeah, fun needs to be part of the element of it, but that's the thing is if or are superheroes for something more or superhero films stories for something more than that. And unless you are willing to make it to make it for something more than that, then superhero films will never graduate beyond. Oh, this is for kids. Well, and, and I guess as we we're definitely going to do two more podcasts on this movie, mm-hmm. I think we will argue the point is, should they not be for kids should they not be you know are are they not best served as a as a morality tale to inform our youth you know i don't know i've spent i've spent 30 years campaigning for the for the power of these stories and why they shouldn't be denigrated as just kids stuff that we should let why is kids stuff denigration well that's part of well that that's a a, why can't kids stuff be amazingly wonderful well why can't kids stuff well, well then that's also presupposing though why do kids stuff just have to be fun i didn't say I mean, just shoot, i want to be gr- very clear on yeah. that so again i well, okay so here's the thing that but then here's the thing is like this movie was a tremendous amount of fun this movie had in our last podcast we were talking about how much fun do you think this movie's going to be because there's a lot of dark they need no, to No there was fun. And, and i want to say this i want to say there was there was fat, more whimsy in this thor, film than there was in the last one fat thor is one of my favorite things in the whole world fat thor is amazing i love fat thor I kind of almost hope he stays Fat Thor, because I love him. I love him so much. I, that, okay, so, this, and this is totally, I, I totally get that. That was the one thing I was like, come on, guys. Fat jokes are, they're really like late 90s, early 2000s. We can move beyond that. But um, but the concept of washed up Thor, yeah, I'm 100% behind. Oh, but here's the thing. They, they didn't make jokes. That, that, I mean, this wasn't Fat Bastard. He was, he was just out of, out of shape Thor. And the fact that he was fat, like they didn't make him like grotesquely fat. He was just kind of like dad bod Thor. And the reason that I loved it is because every Thor movie to this point has had that exploitative, like Chris Hemsworth shirt off moment. So mm-hmm. the fact that they gave that to Thor when Thor has been the 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 beefcake man candy through all of this, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure yeah. that that is something that Chris Hemsworth even like requested because mm-hmm. it's it's pretty it's pretty wonderful. Um, let's, let me say this then, um, to, to wrap up our initial thought, then I'm going to ask you some, some follow-ups. Um, this is a fantastic film and I know I've been arguing that maybe it should have been more fun. And that's an argument that I think that's going to take two full podcasts to get through because I think it's a Mm -hmm. complicated question, um, as to whether or not the, the, is is this the closing thesis statement to the Marvel Universe? And if so, it probably should be less melancholy and more fun because the thesis statement at the end of a thesis paper needs to reflect the paper that came before it 
or I'm going to or, 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 I'm, wait. Hear, hear me out. Or is this? Or is this? The or is this the capstone and the architecture of the Marvel Universe? In which case, it can vary differently uh, from what has come before as an artistic measure. Is this the is this the you know the point given to you at the end? Um, is this a summary of what's come before, which is a valid thing for it to be, or is this a an artistic choice? Or are we going to feel differently about this when we're six movies further and this is just seen as a beautiful pivot point? Um, mm -hmm. So again, let me answer then yes. by saying, if you think, um, you know, so let's go with the argument that if superhero films are supposed to be fun and, you know, happy and not melancholy, then all I would say is this film fails at what it's supposed to be but succeeds tremendously at what it is. Yeah, no, this, this film is... You, you, is, see, is, you, is, see, you see what I did there? Yeah, you see, I quoted significant from the, yeah, yeah, you see that, yeah. And I would um, say, and I would say, the film would be a failure even if it's at, at what it is if it were the final film of Marvel. Because this is not, as beautiful as, as the end was, this is not how I want Marvel to go out. I want Marvel to be remembered as something fun. Now, it's interesting that Spider-Man Far From Home was supposed to be the first film in phase four. And Kevin Feige has come up very recently said that that with the editing and where it's going, that it is going to serve as it is going to serve as the epilogue to phase three. So it might be that Spider-Man Far From Home gives me the hopeful resolution that I want as a continuation of the themes of this one, but into a more hopeful, you know, like I, we, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still let me so put it, Lord of, let me that put you it, didn't in, end this in, film with hope. Let me, let me put it in, in Lord of the Rings and more Lord of the Rings parlance. This film ends with Frodo going off to the gray Havens. I need Sam coming home. And mm. I feel like maybe that's what Spider-Man far from home is going to be. It's going to be, it's it's going to thematically bring me back to a point where I go, okay, Marvel's okay. I'm okay. Things are going to be all right. Um, so that's what I want to hit you with with the last bit of this. Um, how are things in the Marvel Universe now? I think back to the canceled, well, I, ju I just finished watching season two of Punisher, which is astounding. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Had Netflix and Marvel continued, had the Netflix shows not been canceled, what would they be doing now? I, I'll be honest, it's not something I, I'm so, I am so perfectly satiated right now. And again, this is from me coming right out of the film. I'm, if they didn't make another superhero film for another four or five years, that would be okay. Like the, the, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. Oh, um, and of course, and of course you. Marvel is going to keep. <laughs> of course you pulled that course, out on me. Of course, you're, Marvel's going right. to keep going and all these things, but the. Well, all right, so let me, and, and, let, and, let, let me, well, let then, me so, put Sorry, because I think maybe you didn't understand my question. Um, there are more, more Marvel things coming. We know that. Of course. And specifically, strangely enough, the second announced film after this is a Black Widow movie. And Interesting. And there is talk of... There, it's already been announced that there is a Vision and Scarlet Witch show coming in the second year of Disney+. And... There is a, a what was going to be called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I guarantee it's now going to be called Captain America and the Winter Soldier a show coming out on mm -hmm. Disney Plus also in the second year. 
and the first year is going to be i forget what the first year marvel show on it is going to be um i know i can't remember it might be the loki show and i see why the, how the Loki they so let's talk about the characters they that brought was... back let's talk about the characters they mm-hmm. brought back to life in interesting ways both loki and gamora are back but not but, but yet, it's not exactly the same loki and gamora absolutely died those deaths absolutely stuck they're also absolutely back and mm-hmm. the fact that they brought them back so that they can continue to be used in the Marvel Universe without um, diminishing the deaths that came before, without undoing them, is masterful. It's masterful that that's what they did. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so I asked myself, you know, the first Marvel thing that's going to happen next is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, comes back in um, like a month. And I wonder to myself, self, where is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Are they... Are we really going to see, like, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going to be five years later? Or is it going to be in the world where half the Marvel Universe is done? Because you can't, mm-hmm. I I don't want them to do parallel timelines. Like, I don't want yeah, that. No, that's, a, that's a wonderfully bold thing is saying, no, we have five years of a world broken that is now locked into the timeline. Yeah. Um, and I like how they said you can't change your past. You can't. You you can only change what comes next. You can't do anything to change your past. So if Nebula mm-hmm. kills Nebula, Nebula still stays alive. Just yeah. there's now, you know, somewhere where the ba- the past has been changed and wrecked and changed or whatever. But I hope they're not mm-hmm. going. Aha! But now Agents of Shield exist in a in an alternate timeline. Like I I've dealt with that and like over on Trek Off, I've dealt with that on on how frustrating it is that it's mm-hmm. it all seems disconnected. It's a um, it's a story cop out. It's 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 an equivalent thing of uh, oh, it was all a dream. It is and it's not. They've been able to do really cool things on Star Trek by giving us yet a th- there's on Discovery right now. There's a third Spock. There's another Spock on Discovery, and it all feels like Oof. it's it's sort of discombobulated. And yet they've used it because they're like, well, we want to keep telling cool Spock stories, and this is really the only way we can do it. So we're going to do it. Hey, but the, que- quick the question thing, thinking of uh, Star Trek, um, just the because. It suddenly occurred to me and everything. The uh, in the credits, the fact that they showed the you know when they were giving the billing to the original Avengers, doing the whole showing the signature of the actors thing. Yeah, Star Trek. I 6. haven't seen that since since Star Trek Six, and that was and that was wonderful because what that was absolutely because even Star Trek Six at the time was this journey is done, but at the same time it was sort of because Next Gen was just about to start or had just started, and it was. It was a passing the torch. It was saying, no, these stories are still going to keep going. Um, but, you know, this, you know, this era is done. And it's worth noting that the stories and the themes of Next Gen, while certainly having connection to the original, while certainly being similar to the original series, had grown beyond the original series. Uh, yeah. And that's what I, I, if you had to ask me, if you had to ask me what Marvel is doing, um, Okay, let me just also say another mo- another moment that I absolutely loved, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people out there that are just like, oh my gosh, this was so obvious and so pandering. Um, when Captain Marvel has the glove and needs to get it to the time machine, and literally every superheroic woman um, left alive in the timeline, they are the ones, to, like, they get their full pullback shot. Um, in the storyline, is it incredibly coincidental that all of the women just happen to be there at that exact moment? Of course it's incredibly coincidental. But I saw in that moment 
it wasn't in any way pandering. That was, that was a declaration of intent from Marvel. That was Marvel saying, no, we, we, we're 100% on board with this and we're going forward. Um, and so in that way, I think, you know, I think uh, so far up to this point, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has, with baby steps, I mean, shoot, Captain Marvel only just came out last year, uh, sort of pushed diversity forward. Um, I think we're going to be seeing even more of that in the next phase. No, and I think that's, that's I think that's anyway. an imp- I think that's an important uh, an important thing. And I the moment did stand out to me as well, and it did seem pandering. And yet sometimes you got to pander a little bit. You know, sometimes you got to go, hey, yeah, our bad. We should have done this a while before. Yeah, we're that's what you- that's absolutely what it was. Yeah, like like we're gonna do this for you now, and it's letting you know that we got more stuff planned for later. So mm-hmm. you'll be good. Yeah. So so that the question I'm asking is, um, going forward, are we going to see, you know, um, like clearly, like we can we can assume that Ned and Aunt May were dusted and that ha- they have come back. Which it's interesting that I know it's supposed to be fifty percent of the world was dusted, but doesn't seem like ninety percent of the world was dusted. Like only Cassie survived of like. Everybody, that, that was a brilliant twist. That they knew. I loved that. Yeah, but are we going to see a world where, you know, is Spider-Man: Far From Home going to be about how you know, and MJ is has been in the trailer, so clearly she's not five years older. Like, is this going to be about going to high school again? That like I watched the trailer for Far From Home, and it's all like, it's all like, and we're taking a summer vacation to Europe. So there are still airlines, I guess. Half the world, mm-hmm. like, like we're just doing summer vacations again. The world's just yeah. within like a couple of months normal. This should be the, this should be the most significant thing in the history of all ever. And well, in much the well, if you remember the the Marvel films after the first Avenger, just about every film afterwards had some at least a reference to the incident in New York. Um, I would I would be shocked if they do not address the profound change that's come over the world. Um, in some I'm sure way. they're going to ha- address um, but it. But I, agree, I would be. I would be disappointed. Like, I don't, they've set up, I will say, they have set up a very big challenge for themselves because we want this world that continues to be familiar to our world. We still want the, you know, we still want the Mets. Um, Yeah. But they can't, but how do they do that without wiping out the impact, the tremendous impact that brought value to this story? Yeah, because it's, it should be right now, it's going to, it would be a post-apocalyptic wasteland for a while, like for a while. And certainly mm-hmm. for more time than Peter has left in his high school career. And yet, yeah. it seems very much like we're back to business as usual. And how we get there is a real, you know, it's a it's a real question. It's one thing when aliens invade New York and, yeah, their intent mm-hmm. is to destroy the world, but they were stopped and it was basically New York that was affected. This is every being on the planet has has has, like was turned to dust and we have to assume that some of those beings were flying planes driving cars performing surgery Mm -hmm. like the death toll would still be catastrophic from that moment um Mm -hmm. so the question becomes i don't know i mean i I don't know how i don't know how they deal with it i'm very curious to see what i'm very surprised yeah i'm very surprised they left those five years of the timeline intact now that i'm thinking yeah and i'm i'm really like i i'm sort of glad that the netflix shows are canceled because i feel like if they were still going on if daredevil was still happening 
like it would either have to deal with this, which would completely f with its its purpose and intent, or it would have to ignore it, which would have you going, yes, this is a pocket universe, which I don't want to do either. But there are shows like mm-hmm. Cloak and Dagger that are still on the air, and do they do a time jump too, or is there? I don't know. Like I'm really, really curious, like how Marvel deals with this, and I'm I'm a little. I get nervous. You and I talked about the concept of superhero fatigue. I get nervous if this is the jumping the shark moment that, you know, mm-hmm. that specifically it Fonzie jumping the shark was, was a big deal when it happened. But afterward, how do you go back to how things used to be? And how do we do well, 20? That- how do we do 20 more Marvel movies that are sub- the great thing about the Marvel movies? They all seem to be in our world. How do we do 20 more of them? I think you've just touched on a very profound question of storytelling, which is this. And there is definitely no right answer to this one. Um, And I'm sure different people would make different choices. But what is the better call? If If you are creating a story and you know that, oh my gosh, if I put this thing here, if this event happened or this choice was made, this would end the story in absolutely the most profoundly perfect way it would wrap it up like this would be just this perfect gem of a story but i would never be able to write in this world again or do you say no we're not going to make that choice we're going to give it a we'll give it a solid ending you know we'll, we'll you know it's it's not going to be bad but it's not going to be that absolute top that it could have been but the world still gets to keep going i think that the first instinct is better than the second instinct because it's super hard to do the second instinct because the fact is the Russos are playing in a large toy box. You know, I'm sure that the, the people who are writing and directing and acting on agents of shield watched the movie that watched the movie, the premiere and were like, what the hell do we do now? What do we do? Like, like, and I'm sure that, Mm -hmm. you know, they dealt with it once and it improved the show, right? When, when they outed Hydra, it changed the show Agents of Shield to something way better than it was, but I'm yeah. sure when that di- when that mandate gets handed down, they're just like, "Really, really, guys? We were working really hard on something here, and you came in and messed up all our toys and said, okay, go that play.'" Is one of the dangers of it. That's that is. Uh, there are lots of benefits to an interconnected universe. This is definitely one of the shadow sides to it. And Last Last Jedi is what happens when somebody does it in such a way, says, I'm going to deliberately mess up the toys and, you know, let's see how people deal. And people, you know. Dude, you are so, you, you are so lucky this is not a Star Wars podcast because you know, you know you and I would be going toe-to-toe about that for four hours. I, well, I, but here's it. I don't think we would because I, I love Last Jedi. But the fact is, is it pissed off the fans to the point where Star Wars as a whole is diminished. So as much as I loved The Last Jedi, See, I wish at literally everything, literally everything you're saying about messing with the toys and Star Wars as a whole diminished and everything profoundly disagree. All right. Like, let me, I'm not let me, let me, that, let me, add a, let, let me tell you what I meant by that. Star Wars is Star Wars financial opportunities and opportunity to continue as a franchise was diminished. Its opportunities were hmm. diminished okay. by The Last Jedi. Um, that look at Solo, look at the box office, look at the the soft tracking numbers on the Rise of Skywalker trailer. I, Star Wars has to get its fans back or a good number of its fans back. So it made bold choices, but by doing so, 
it made bold choices that didn't resonate with a core group of people. Whereas Endgame's making bold choices, and I've yet to hear anybody go, with the exception of the one guy going, yeah, I didn't like tonally how it was different. Like, people are mm. universally going, yeah, it made bold choices, and I love it. So, you know, the Russo brothers have succeeded where Ryan Johnson failed by making bold choices that were not were that were bold and amazing and yet not controversial to the point where half the people seeing it were unhappy. You do have a responsibility to try and and and, and not happy, I guess is the word, but unsatisfied. So, I mean, again, mm. it goes back to what we originally said about the movie. It's enormously satisfying. Would you say enormously satisfying is, yeah. is the word? Um, I would say enormously satisfying. And 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 to that, I will say I will be I am willing to bet that the vast majority of the Marvel fans will walk out of this one thinking, nope, that was that was solid. I'm content with that. Yeah. And and I think the older those fans are, the more they will think that. Um, Absolutely. These yeah. We will get a sequel to this podcast because just next week, we will not only get into our standard review, go through the plot, go through the stats, but you guys will get to hear what happened when we went to come back. What's going to happen when we go see the movie today? We I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. So you guys will get an update on how the younger kid dealt with it, how the older kid dealt with it the second time, uh, what Mrs. J thought, what my thoughts were a second time around. Um, this is all by by mid next week. But now I hope we have mm -hmm. served the purpose to you as a as a means of therapy that you've been able to check Perhaps in with we've us. Provided some, we've helped provide some catharsis of our own. Yes. Um, uh, but for now, my name is Justin, and my name is Arthur. And hey there, true believers. Whatever it takes. Now that you've finished the show, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the Totally Super Podcast. Also, if you like this, you should head over to geeksradio.com or search Geeks Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. There you can find Trek Off, the not safe for work Star Trek podcast with Justin and Alexia. So search for Trek Off, search for Pop Off, search for Geeks Radio, and just thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. 